get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. I'm joined by my three very, very good friends. i got Danish Gunnar, um, Capo Dan, uh, who's now not clashing with his hair and skin this week, which is so, so much easier for everybody watching on, on, on YouTube. And and we got... It's a shame uh, you've got your voice back. It really is. It is just a shame. Mind, mind you, you're talking about voices back. Did you hear the Luton manager? He sounded like me last week. And of course, we have got Hilsey. How, how, how is everybody? Clearly, Dan's... Um, Raring to go. Uh, Alex, recovered recovered from the early start on Sunday morning after a long day and two Chineses. Oh, yeah. Half, a half Chinese myself now. Um, but, yeah, it was so early yesterday. I was knackered when I woke up this morning. But a uh, brilliant weekend and uh, lovely to see all the people over there. Um, yeah, just a brilliant weekend. Remember, remember five stars on TripAdvisor, yeah? Five stars on TripAdvisor. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> Best hotel. Trevor, I have, um, and people will see it tomorrow on gunsandyellowribbons.com, um, uh, your blog, which is really, really good. And we're going to actually talk about some of the topics, including the game uh, that you've written about uh, tomorrow, because you talk about um, uh, meeting up uh, for the first time of the season, the Wenger statue, us all together. We then go into some of the chaos that happened in the stadium. And we talk about the game itself. And and then just just some stuff around the club. So it's almost like how we're going to go today, um, Trev. Uh, I I enjoyed reading it. I hope I hope you enjoyed writing it and look forward to seeing it up tomorrow. I did, Fergie. Had a lot on my mind after after Saturday because I was I was really pleased with most of the game, the performance. Um, but some of the other things that went on worried me greatly as an old man football fan, and uh, I felt the need to air my views, but. As football fans, we can't let that take take the forefront of what's in our minds. The forefront in our minds should still be supporting our great club because they showed us on Saturday that they're capable of playing to an astonishingly high level, breathtakingly high level we played to at times on Saturday. And, and that's what we've got to keep in our minds. We could discuss the other stuff, but I must stress that f- at the front of my mind is hoping my team wins trophies this year, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, um, the plan was... Can, we, um, can I just very quickly address our uh, listeners, please, Ferg? I'd like them to understand where the name Is It Working Yet comes from. So, okay. um, there is a here podcast on here, here that, will, that will have you believe that it's related to the ticket system, but it's nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> I do believe in, in men supporting men. You know, you know, you know I, I, I can easily take you out of this. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Just, you know, as I said, men supporting men. I, I'd like to just say, well done, Fergus. I think it's very brave of you to admit what you admitted. Um, right, OK, so so let, 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 let's let's get this one out of the way. So just before halftime, um, it didn't bother with beers at halftime. Um, we had a few beers beforehand. I went into the gents because I thought, there's no queue, I'll go in there. And there's some guy beside me, and he's rabbit, 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 rabbit. And he, he's talking to me, and I'm going, oh, Jesus, I just want to go for a wee. And this guy goes, who do, you, who do you hate more? West Ham or Tottenham? I said, mate, I really don't care. I just want to go for a wee. 
So he, he gets a little shirty and, oh, you're contrary, miserable, this, that, the other. I go back down to my seat and these two are down here. These two at the bottom are down here. I said, oh, what's up? I explained the story. I said, I just wanted to work. And uh, and then they've just been bombarding me with texts and pictures. Uh, of Alex, we and... just told the real version that he came out of the toilet and he just near enough in tears said, I really want it to work. And there was nothing. Really yeah. Like <laughs> I like how he took control <laughs> and he wanted to tell the story, not not, uh, not you, Dan. <laughs> you like controlling your the narrative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can make up listen, own, whoever you believe, but... drop it in the chat and let us know. <laughs> the plan, the plan on on Saturday was for us all to meet. Um, um, oh, here we go. As long um, that th we meet at eleven o'clock at the Wenger statue, but somebody decided to change the plan and get in early. Um, so Trevor, all on his own with his brand new <laughs> tattoo on his on his belly, uh, was in block seven waiting for everybody from five past ten, wasn't it, Trev? Yeah, I come in on the train with our good mate Dal, who's uh, put that comment on there. And uh, we were around the stadium early, and uh, Dal had his little boy with him and his first visit to the Emirates, you know, and he was so excited. So we said, come on, we, we go in. We know where we're going to meet them inside. So we went in, and it was great because the stadium was next to empty, and the lad got a lovely look round. He went down the front. He went round to where the tunnel is, and he met Charlie George. So it was great getting in there really early. And also... My ticket worked, which was a bonus. I got in without any issues. Hang on to that thought because we will talk about the ticket issue. Uh, but um, myself and Alex got down as planned, 11 o'clock, Wenger statue, had some pictures. Um, young Theo and his dad, Andrew, were there and Dale and some of the others um, that were there. Well, you know what was really nice, uh, lads? And I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was really nice that the multi-generational sort of um, gathering that we had um, like there was Dale's boy, as you said, there was Theo there. Look, there was all, all the all the kids that were just there enjoying enjoying the the football, and it was absolutely brilliant to see them, not just cowering away, but really, really getting involved in in singing and everything else. Watch this video, and then I'll ask your opinion. <laughs> really good as Dale said next generation North Bank um, Capo Dan you're leading the line there what was it like having such a young audience it was just kids and then even bigger kids wasn't it really <laughs> well yeah effectively yeah. must have been the no, first time ever you was in a group and be the biggest person Dan I know it doesn't happen very often does it it's alright it's alright Trev I was going to leave you alone tonight but I was going to I was going to say it was the young kids us middle generation and I was going to say the older ones being third, but you're one of the older ones as well, Natasha. Right. He, he was sitting. He was sitting over in the booth. You know, I had a nice seat. Seat. Yeah, I had a nice seat. But you see, the thing is, people are happy to bring their kids now round to that area because it, it, it now it's gone on for a season or two. That gathering in that area, 
and getting the singing going. They know it's a safe spot to bring their kids. They know there's no idiocy. They know that there's nice people there, and they bring their kids there, and the kids absolutely love it, don't they? So I've got nothing yeah. but praise for anybody that starts the atmosphere going in that ground in whatever way. And what you boys, Capo Dan in particular, if I'm honest, and you, Ferg, do in particular at Block 5 and 6, is, is an important part of, of getting kids in the game and raising the atmosphere. I love it. I just can't stand next to it. I just go and sit down, but I do love it. We are uh, we are going to get you in for a shake it all nanny at one point, Trev. But um, you sitting over the side, you said it sounded like it got going quite quick. Just wonder what you like, what your views were sitting over there. Yeah, well, Dan, it was. An, I know we're going to talk about it soon, but it was a very funny situation because I could tell that coming towards kickoff time, it wasn't as busy in the ground as as it normally is. There weren't as many people gathered there, not by any means that there normally is. There were, everyone was having a good time singing and shouting. But from where I could, we were sat, I could see out the window and it was coming up to about 10 past, quarter past 12. And there were still thousands and thousands of people milling around out there. And I thought, hello, something ain't right here. And of course, then we all went to our seats, didn't we? And then we half hour delays and that. So we all come back out and the, 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 um, the concourse then got more busy than I've ever known it. More busy than you could hardly move there because the people were coming out and the people were coming in and it, it was a mass gathering, um, which we could have done without. But I dare say the Arsenal weren't too unhappy because they made a load more money on the beer store sales. So, well, you know what? I think Arsenal have a lot to answer for on that ticketing chaos. We just put some pictures up there for anybody who's listened to the audio of, of what went on in the 30-minute delay. I literally got to my seat and said the, the game is delayed for 30 minutes. And there was rumours it was going to be delayed for a further 30 minutes uh, because still nobody was coming in. And somebody took probably the right idea to open some gates and let people into the stadium because there was more room in the stadium than there was on the concourse. It could have been uh, disastrous. But I spoke to some young guys, and this this is what type of annoyed me to a certain degree, um, that I spoke to some young guys, and this guy was in, you know, you saw the guy I was talking to, Alex. He was, what, his 30s, maybe late 20s. He was, he was in your sort of age group sort of thing. And um, I said to him, said, uh, he said, oh, I came up with my card. My card wouldn't work. I said, do you not read your email? Nah, couldn't be asked reading my email. I said, well, you just had to download on your phone. Ah, oh, don't do technology. He's 20-odd years of age. If he wants to get on a flight to Ibiza, if he wants to go uh, anywhere on the tube, he's going to have to tap his card or his phone or something. It's ridiculous. Fans didn't help themselves. Not taking anything away from the club uh, whatsoever on there, but it, it was absolute chaos. Is Suppose... this the um, same bloke in the toilet, um, Ferg? No, it's not. No, I don't, I don't know who that was. I don't, Another don't one? Yeah, but this no, it's, you know the guy. He, he comes around singing all the time there. Now leave well, it I'm out. Admit that, Ferg, I didn't even notice, to be honest with you, when I was in the middle. I mean, maybe I'm just not paying too much attention, but I felt like there was still quite a few numbers in and around. But I didn't even know until we went down to our seats and all of a sudden they said it was delayed by half an hour. So it shows how much all I, all, I, all I felt um, that I felt it was a tough crowd. I thought it was a half 12 sort of crowd. Um, you know, the, the early morning crowds where it's a bit early to be drinking beer for some people at 10 o'clock in the morning and they're not wound up and got ready, ready to, you know, start singing and chanting. And that's what I felt. And I, 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 we left and went, oh, Christ, that's a tough crowd. And we went down to go to our seats and came back again. And it, it's only where Trev was. I looked at the, the frosted glass and you could see thousands. And then they opened the turnstiles and trying to get people in. 
And that's when that young lad said, I've been outside since uh, 10 to 12. So he gave enough time, 40 minutes to get into the stadium. Maybe in hindsight, should have given a bit more. But I don't know. Trev, some questions should be asked to the club. You know, do you reckon they've done proper testing? You, you've worked in industry quite high up for this sort of stuff. So you'd be aware of how this works. Well, I think that the club had gone some way towards mitigating for for problems at the Barriers, in fairness, Fergus. They'd, they'd open the gates two and a half hours before kickoff, whereas normally it's two hours at the most before kickoff. They'd put the incentives there for the fans coming to the stadium early by by offering half-price drinks. So they'd done that right. They'd done that right. But they obviously hadn't put into... Whether they'd put any anything in place to cover for the uh, digital system failing or not being used properly, um, we can't be sure. But if they had, they certainly hadn't instructed it out to the stewards and to the people in near the gates, which is, which is really worrying. You just touched on the most important point for me there, Fergus, in that it's been said, and, 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 and I've been told this, I, I haven't witnessed it, so I must have been told this, that stewards got fans into the ground by opening the gates and waving them in, right? That means that no bags were checked, no security searches were carried out. And I don't know if I'm happy with that, to be honest. I don't know if I want to be in that stadium that insists on checking everything and and them just waving people through the gates because the system had failed. I'd have rather have seen them put, put the kickoff back another half an hour. And... um and take it from there. That's quite worrying. But the, there was no coordination, it didn't appear, between the stewards. Some some gates were checking bags and tagging them. But as Dow went into the ground with his bag and got it tagged, a steward from the next gate round was lent on the fence saying, what are you tagging bags for? We're not tagging bags. There was absolutely no coordination. And that's where the club has let itself down. It had half planned for it. But it hadn't planned for the most important thing, the failure of the system. Or if they had, the plans weren't up to standard and they need to do a massive rethink and quickly. Mm, I agree. I agree. I don't think they'll go back on, on the digitalization because it, it prevents touting. It's a better way to control stuff. Um, and the, the amount of money and investment that they put in with the, the gates and the technology. So I'd, uh, it's probably cheaper for them to administer than sending out cards to everybody all the time as well. Um, I did hear, and again, I don't know how true this is, so don't quote, don't say I'm quoting it, but I did hear that like you know, the, the recruit, they recruited extra stewarding in because expecting it to be a, a more difficult experience for people to get in, not being used to it. Um, and how much training they had for an event like that I, would be a question I would have. Um, and I also would question the timing of it because this was the first game that um, we had the balloted tickets. So there was a lot of people who were red members uh, who might have never been to a game before and had picked up tickets and were trying to work out with their um, their um, digital passes and stuff like that. And lots of older fans who had always used their cards the whole way along. So you had a combination of a multitude of different things that would have made a be- uh, would have made the situation even worse. Uh, this club did issue a statement, or not a statement, um, they sent uh, an email out to everybody apologising for the inconvenience and thanked everybody for support and said that it was uh, going to be delayed uh, by a half hour and they've also said that um, in further communication on email which I think come out today that anybody who did attend they will get the credit for the game because a lot of people were worried about because your attendance credits matter uh, when you're going to um, cup games. Um, Dan jump in go on you were going to say something. 
Yeah, it was just one of the questions in the um, in the chat that that we started, and you know, talking about the atmosphere and allocations and different things from fans. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of tweets, a lot of you know people's opinions on on what allocation should be there. But if it was very much like the club in terms of the allocations, have got complacent, and we're moving towards you know a ballot system where they want everyone to have an equal opportunity. And I understand the point behind it, but for me, it's just the club saying we want lots of different people to be able to attend because they're going to turn up to the stadium and spend loads of money in the club shop and make the club more money as opposed to saying, you know, these fans are going to improve the atmosphere and directly impact the team. Surely, as a club, if you want to be a successful club, you you, you start with success on the pitch. And I think if you've got a fan base that's there backing the team, creating an atmosphere and improving the team's performance, surely that's got to be the start of it before getting people in to spend money in the club. And you, you get the people spending money from the tours in the, in the US. And I think they, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere. We already pay ridiculous ticket prices compared to most other clubs. Just, just get the proper fans in the stadium and get an atmosphere. And for the sake of cutting a small allocation, I, I don't know how true the, the cuts the allocations are, but you know, the, the guys in the clock and how good they've been surely you can get them an extra 50 or something tickets, not by cutting back on people that are bringing kids to the stadium, not by cutting back on proper fans, but even just stopping, you know, people that are there just to sit there on their phones on Instagram and bits all day. And th- th- there are ways the club can do it. I don't believe that, that the club don't have a way. And you know what? Trevor made a huge point last week. Uh, and if you're talking about, in particular, the Ashburton Army, although that has to be credited given, as it was given to you earlier today and other areas in the in the stadium, the West Stand, the East Stand, they all make noise, even club level does. But back in the day when Trevor went to football many, many years ago, I wasn't even in the bloody country. But, um, you know, if, if you went on, <laughs> if you went on to the North Bank, you just gathered together with your mates like we all gather at Block Five, and you just all went down together, and and you know you sung and, and like that. But you can't do that if you're a member, and a lot of these Ashburton Army guys are just red members. Some are silver; they're just a member buying a ticket, and if they're scattered all over the place, it it it, it, it just it just can't work. They need some encourage, they need some assistance by the the club because the club actually acknowledged what they and other fans have done to improve the atmosphere in the ground. Alex, you, you don't come to as many games as us. You were there on Saturday and you heard that you saw the smaller allocation Ashburton Army had, but you've heard them at previous games and you heard them on Saturday. You can hear them sporadically in, in, in the North Bank, not clearly, but you can hear them where we are. Did you think there was a difference in the atmosphere then? Yeah, definitely felt... Less, um, and you could visibly see there were it was a smaller group of the Ashburton Army compared to uh, some of the games last season. Um, but yeah, I really hope the club the club will uh, cooperate with them and sort of give them more opportunity to help create an atmosphere because we've seen how much of an impact it has had already. Getting uh, getting the whole stadium going, and uh, I've seen it here in Denmark as well. Uh, in Bronby, where the fans uh, carried out a boycott of the atmosphere last season and how much an, an effect it had on the team and the performance uh, compared to now where they've started, uh, they've dropped the boycott and started uh, creating an atmosphere. And it's just a, it's just a massive difference, as, as Dan said. It impacts the team directly, the performance. So I just think it's a no-brainer from, from the club. They should help accommodate a, a larger group of 
of of uh, the Ashburton army and uh, be more cooperative with them because I mean they've already t taken the step to acknowledge them and and help them in some ways why not help them even more um so that's mm. that's my view on it yeah. Trev, do you have a, a, a thought? Because I know it's in your blog as well about the Ashburton. Do you have a yeah. thought on that? And then we'll move First, towards the game. Write about this, and it wouldn't get boring because it needs to be talked about amongst the fans. I think that from for me, oh God, take me down a bit, man. I can't look at my own face. Hang, hang on, just carry on a second. I'm just doing something. That's the, the Ashburton Army um, had their had their allocation halved, and for me, the Ashburton Army, along with the group that gather at Block Five and Six, and and a couple of little areas in the ground are responsible for everything that's improved our stadium and improved our club over the last couple of seasons. They are solely responsible, them groups of people, for 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 making the fans be appreciated by Mikel Arteta, as he stated, be appreciated by all the other players, as they've stated. Declan Rice, first game, prep game at home on Sunday, singing along to North London forever, you know. They, rec they notice it, it lifts them. So if any if, if this is this is this is only my my thoughts because I'm looking in from outside so I don't know but in my previous experience in business sometimes big businesses or big big associations they get these people in with, that that might be great business people or they might be qualified to degree level it might have one or two degrees you never know right but but they don't have an affiliation or an inside knowledge of that exact industry or club right they can run a business but but they don't have an affiliation or knowledge and if that's the case at the arsenal which the way we're looking in the way they're trying to kill off the, the atmosphere and the way they're trying to ruin the ticket distribution looks to be the case then they need to stop it quick we need people running our great club at all levels not all of them but most people that are running our great club at all levels should have some kind of affiliation to the football club in the heart and they should have some kind of some kind of association with football. And know the importance. The most important thing is know the importance of that team to the fans that go, right? And it would appear to me at the moment that Arsenal have got some maybe some business people in places running a business, looking at money, but not concentrating a little deeper, you know, and and looking at what what the backlash or what the, what the, what the problems might be. The atmosphere suffered on Saturday. People couldn't get in the ground because of new digital ticket system. I don't know if that's linked, but it, it was the case. Stewards weren't briefed properly. So that, that tells me that somewhere up the line, someone might be managing, but not managing in the sense of looking at what they're actually doing, having a knowledge of what goes on further down the line. I've ranted on, but I could go on about it all night, mate, because it really bugs me. But at the end of the day, before I shut up for five minutes, Ferg, at the end of the day, right, the most important thing is that us fans don't get down about it. Discuss it, growl about it for a bit, but keep supporting our great club. And, and James Powers just put a comment here, look, I've got two degrees to employ me. James, you'd probably do a wonderful job. Would you do a wonderful I th job? I thought they were called the three degrees. Wait a minute, Ferg. This ain't a joking thing. This is a serious thing. Fuck off, right? <laughs> James has got two degrees which means he's an educated man but he's an Arsenal fan so he can see both sides of the coin you do a great job James I'd, I'd employ you absolutely tomorrow mate no problem sorry Ferg you annoyed me then son yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that, that, that's fine, clearly, because you swore. Uh, but uh, yeah, listen, there was uh, Lin, uh, I think it was Lyndon uh, made a, made a point about uh, touts. I did see some touts myself, and Alex saw them outside the Arsenal tube station. Uh, they were asking uh, for tickets and the, the usual thing, but I didn't see as many of them. But somebody said they saw some PDFs gone around. Uh, Dan, do you have a final word on that? And then we're going to move on to the game. Yeah, I just wanted to respond to Nobby's um, message in the chat where he said all fans need to be given a chance to get tickets. Uh, to be honest, mate, I disagree with you because I think most fans should get an equal chance. But I think to say all fans should be given a chance, I think is wrong. I'll give an example. like A person like myself, I like to go and see football. If I was travelling abroad and let's say it was a Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund game or something, you know, I'd love to go abroad and see them. But there's absolutely no way that I should be equal right to getting a ticket as opposed to to fans over there in you know that, that follow week in week out and as as a club that make money out of people that are loyal you have to also show, show loyalty both ways and there are many many fans that have been going for years and years and years when things haven't been fantastic that are now not able to get tickets and i think that's the biggest shame out of everything it's not mm. that you know supporters that are coming in you know that haven't been as regular that that's not the issue you know it's great to see new faces and people that love the club but it's when you get faces in that don't particularly love the club and are there just for a day out at the expense of of loyal fans that I think is a shame. No, I agree. I agree. And well, I agree to a certain degree, but but to get that loyalty and to get to be able to go in week in week out, you need to get tickets. It, it, it's a vicious circle. Listen, uh, go on. Try. Just got to say something. I'm just looking at the comments, Ferg, and uh, I understand why it's been done, but I just want to say that. There's one or two people that are naming names in the comments, and we can't put that up on our screen, lads, on our podcast we, because all, we are surmising. We don't know the facts. Yeah, we, this is all of our thoughts. It's not factual. So we couldn't put these people's names on our screens. I can understand your annoyance with these people if that's the case, that, but we can't. We can't actually accuse these people. No we 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 we, did, we discussed this very point before we went live, and and Dan said like you know what can we say what we can't say we can say our opinion, and that's what we're saying we're sharing our opinion. Uh, we won't name anybody uh, or anything like the only people we'll name are organisations like fans like ourselves, the people of Block Five and Block Six, the Ashburton Army, friends of the show and and, and friends of ours, um, uh, because everybody knows who the Ashburton Army are and the point about ticket allocation and atmosphere and so on. Listen, just. Let Mikel Arteta explain to you about what it means and what we've done over the last couple of years, because he actually says it in this little video clip and what we're building into this season. We have reconnected with the soul of our football club. The destination is to bring success and trophies, and we are working every single day to deliver that. The journey is beautiful, and the company and, and the people that is involved in this journey makes me really proud. And now we have to reset, reflect, and, and go again. Here's Martinelli. Oh, what a goal! Wonderful from Arsenal. Emirates erupts. Saka. Oh! Fantastic goal!
So, you know, the man himself said what we've built and what we've done. Joe in the in the chat has come up with a very good um, point on here. The club have bowls it up. Um, they've used a sledgehammer to crack a walnut. If all the members had to produce ID to renew the memberships, I'd be convinced that it would have freed up a lot of tickets and countless numbers of moody memberships around um, well, definitely some of the, 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 the touting ones and so on. Yeah, I might struggle. I've got a couple of reds and um, <laughs> and my season ticket, so I'd have to you, prove What do you buy your reds for? for? What, you, you use your reds if you gain a ticket. I, I, use, I use the reds. I bought the reds for my son and my daughter. My daughter doesn't really want to go, but my son. And, and what happened is when I bought one, the screen crashed. I pressed the button again, and I ended up got the two. So I've just always paid for them. Now my son and my grandson go, and I've got a junior for. So I've kept them. I just kept paying them. But I end up if if there's friends or family coming over from Ireland, or if there's one of us in our group that needs a ticket, and they're sitting on my red, uh, I'll share them out that way. And 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 that's what I have done before. I don't use them to tout them out anywhere. Um, Trevor, you mentioned this beforehand uh, before the game. Uh, um, our new hundred and five million pound signing. Had taken some singing lessons. It's his Premier League debut for his new club today. It's the start of a huge season for him with the Euros to come next summer. Now, I don't know if that's some AI clever stuff, but I still like it. <laughs> Alex. Um, it was on BT Sports when I watched it back, so it's definitely not AI. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. It did. Okay, because I, I, I watched it back on match today and I couldn't see it clearly, um, but I, I saw it and I thought, I wonder if it was AI. So I just thought I'd cover my ass on that one, Alex. Um, it's been a while since you've been uh, at the Emirates. Uh, like that rendition of North London Forever, like at Wembley um, uh, last week. It was it was deafening. It was noisy, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Don't you think? Yeah, I think more and more people are, are learning the words to it, and and it is our anthem now, and it's recognised at uh, as our anthem now. So, yeah, it's just goosebumps every time you hear it, and it was one of the the things I look forward to the most coming over to to see the game. It was singing, uh, singing that song before before the game. It just gets you ready for the game. Uh, and uh, yeah, I love the song and, and the meaning of it as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's just beautiful, and it's it's lovely to see a new signing like like Declan. He just gets gets the club, um, and to see him sing along, even though he's only been here for for a month or so, um, it just makes you happy. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's he just makes you excited as a fan seeing things like that. He does. Before we go any further, if I could ask, we've got quite a few people watching. I know the football's going to start in, in an hour or so, half hour or so. Um, if you do go over to YouTube or if you listen to an audio, go and hit the uh, subscribe button. Uh, it just does help us along the way. Uh, we're going to talk about the game now because that's what we're here. We're asking for. It doesn't help us along the way by getting any money. It just helps us work better systems to, to do our podcast that we love doing. just need you to say that, folks. No, no, no. I know, need... I know Trevor. We need uh, four need more to... people to get to 900. So that would be nice by the end of this, this episode. Yeah. That'd be by brilliant. the way, Peter, I've noted your questions, Peter. I've noted your questions. I'm not ignoring you in the chat, mate. We will move on to that subject shortly. All right. I've starred them, folks. So they're there. For yeah, you, yeah, mate. that's fine. And that's fine. If if we do, if you do have any questions that you think about the game, we're going to talk about the Forest game, um, uh, the injury and, and, and stuff with Kevin Tierney and stuff like that. Um, uh, by all means, put them in the chat, and uh, Trev will will star. And we're going to look at the lineup first of all. Now, um, Dan, I'll ask you on the lineup here, and well, I'll ask all three of you clearly. But we'll start with you, Dan. We're Ramsdale, Party, White, Saliba, Timber, Rice, 
Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Nketiah. Um, it was a different lineup. Uh, we started at Eddie because Gabby wasn't available and I was a, a little bit confused. There was a, a question asked. Uh, no, I was a little bit confused uh, as to, you know... Unusual? <laughs> it is unusual, Trev. Very unusual. Um, <laughs> God, you guys are ganging up on me today. I was a little bit confused as, you know, why, what we were doing. We were doing a three at the back. What was Party doing? We were playing right back. We'd seen him playing a right back against Forrest at the end of last season. It didn't go too well. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the lineup? Um, yeah, I was I was quite shocked, if I'm totally honest. I mean, I didn't expect anything other than the same team that played City because I was just expecting that to be our our best available team and that Arteta would stick with um, a team that performed well against City. Um, I understand why he brought Eddie in if he's saying he trained well, so I, I can understand that one. But the Gabriel one's still a, a bit strange for me because... If he's not fit, I'm surprised he was on the bench and then came on. And then I think Arteta did make a comment to say it was tactical. So, you know, we never really know how fit he was. Maybe he had a niggle and he was just trying to protect him. Um, but I was surprised to see him on the bench. And even more surprised, I know he did it last year, Partey, where he played right back. I was expecting to see Declan Rice slot in at centre-half and step out a bit like John Stones does, because I know Declan can play at centre-half. Um, I just feel like with Partey, when he plays right back, you lose an awful lot of him in the team. Because by the time he comes out from the right-back position and drifts inside, he does come in eventually, but he misses that first sort of three, four seconds of the phase of play, which is where he's best at for me, where he's on the half turn and can feed a ball in quick. And he's just got that speed of thought and speed of pass that, that others don't have. So, yeah, a bit of a, a, bit of a surprise. And I, I don't think I'd like to see it too often. Trev, we, we talked um, and we've done that little video clip that we do for Sophie and Kevin on Highbury Squad. And we, we talked about... Uh, you know, would it be Trossard? Would it be Havertz? Would it be um, who was it? There the, was the three players um, that we were talking that, that that we're talking about uh, there. We 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 never for a second gave it a thought that Eddie would play there and that the, it would be a back three um, or a back four, whichever way your thoughts were. Then, what did you make of how how it was lining up? Yeah, um, much like Dan, I was very surprised, Fergus. So- I like the way Gabriel plays football and I was surprised not to see him play. But I wasn't overly upset because I I trust our manager. I do trust our manager. You know, he's he's not got a lot wrong. He he has shown his inexperience at times, but overall, he's not got a lot wrong. So I looked at the team and I thought, right, okay, he must think this is the team that's going to go out and beat Nottingham Forest. You know, teams for for different games, as we've all discussed. And... uh, we now have enough players, although we're now one short, we do, we have enough players to to, ch- to play these different systems, you know. And I can't fault it, and I won't knock it, the fact that we're going to change things around from game to game, because that was part of our downfall a few years ago, the fact that we became so predictable. We didn't have a plan B, you know, and, and teams bullied us and beat us. And, and so I'm quite happy that we're going to change things around. And to be honest, for the for, there seems to be... Some really differing views from people whose whose opinions I really like and I enjoy and 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 I take them on board and we we all seem to be different slightly. I thought that the first forty minutes we were just looking like scoring every second of those forty minutes. You know that we give the ball away to Forrest once and thankfully blazed it over. But apart from that, I was just waiting for the goals to come. We looked like scoring. We just. I was just excited by what I was seeing. I knew when it was nil-nil, 
I had this feeling in me, in my head, I knew we would score. I knew we would score. I thought we were playing that well. I really did. Mm. Alex, um, there was a question. I was watching the Gunnar talk this morning. There was a question, a guy called Paul James, but into, into there, I, I screenshotted it. It says, Arteta's team selection uh, yesterday um, sent a message to out to opponents um, that would keep them guessing. Is it harder for them to prepare against uh, an Arteta side when he, he's switching and changing into these new and different formations. We couldn't even guess what it was on, on Saturday. And you even came along and said, we're playing, OK, there's nine players, not ten in here because Saka's down off, off screen. But they were playing a 3-1, three, 3-1 one, three, one sort of formation. Yeah, well, your question is, I think it definitely makes it tougher on, on opponents uh, when, when you keep them guessing. That's pretty much what Guardiola does all the time as well. Um but I've seen some like analysis of of the way we lined up, and I don't know if you can bring up the picture again. Um, I will do. Yeah, this was pretty much our formation when we were in possession. Um, but looking back at it, I think it really makes sense the way we set up um, with obviously Eddie as our uh, front man, and then Havertz and uh, Odegaard occupying the half spaces and sort of occupying the other two central defenders. Which um, which isolates Martinelli and Saka on the wings against their fullbacks, because normally when when you play against a five back team, uh, it's difficult to get your wingers isolated. But setting it up this way, it really helped uh, isolating our wingers against uh, their fullbacks, and I think that's pretty much what we did very well, uh, especially in the first half, uh, getting Martinelli and Saka isolated and getting them in good positions. And that's pretty much where we got our two goals from as well. Um, and then I think we struggled a bit on the left side uh, with the sort of the relational play between uh, Rice, Martinelli and Havertz. They still need to get get it going. Um, whereas you can see uh, it's pretty much the same as, as for last season with Odegaard, Ben White and Saka on the, on the right, right-hand side. It just, it just flows like last season. Um, but I think against uh, sides like Nottingham Forest, who play a five-back and sort of just sit back and have 20% of the possession and not really look to get get anything more than a draw. I think it makes sense to, to go for a, a formation and a, and a tactical proposition like Arteta did. Dan, you were going to come back in on that and then I got to you, Trev. Yeah, and also just fits in quite nicely with George's comment um, in the chat where he said what, what's changed in terms of of the way we set up. I mean, correct, the, the way we attacked down the flanks was was still very, very similar in that we like to isolate them one-on-one. -on -one. And every time, sort of, for example, Partey had a man on, he drifted inside and took him inside. But the main change was the number of players in the half space in between their midfield line and the back four, or the back five. And, um, you know, we're normally used to seeing, let's say, a number 10 where we have one man in between the lines that floats. And then Arteta recently has been setting up with Erdegaard and last year, Xhaka, as, as a two. But he's now set up with a three that rotates in that position. And you've got likes of Erdegaard playing sort of inside right. And then you had Declan Rice pushed up inside left and then Havertz in the middle. So you had three players in the half spaces, which just continues to draw out every single time one centre-back from their team and just leave spaces, which is quite clever. But we've also got like a, a huge flexibility now in our team where it isn't just those three that we pressed up there, for example. If, if Timber steps in, Partey dropped back as part of the three at times or or Rice dropped in and Partey pushed on or Timber pushed in and, and those three really rotated quite a lot throughout the game and, and especially in the second half you actually saw Partey and Rice alongside each other as like a two and we went to like a three and a two 
At times we then went to a three and a one and that one rotated quite a lot. But it really did pin them back as well and stop them coming out to press the ball much. Um, and I think when you're when we're playing against teams such as Forest at home, it just gives us a great relevant of control. The only, I think, risk there is it does also leave us very, very open to the counter. Um, and I think we saw that in the second half, that when things go wrong, we need to just be a bit more switched on. Trev? Mm. Yeah, it's just interesting. I'm just listening to the boys here because we're all watching the same game and we're all, we've all got overall the same views, but, but how we come to those views is, is, is slightly different and, and I'm liking it. And I'm liking it because it means that the Arsenal are playing really well and doing some things right. In that picture there, you know, we said that Party was at, was at right back, but where's Party there? He's in the middle of the park with, with White out, out, out wide on the right. And I thought that White and Party worked together really well watching what went on down that side. I thought the White and Party did really well. With Odegaard, when 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 Party went inside the space into the middle, Odegaard seemed to come out and cover the space that he'd left, and they were shifting it all around. And as Dan says, against teams like Forrest that are going to put 10 players behind the ball and make you come at them, that's what you've got to do. And it proved to be the right thing to do, didn't it? Because we're 2-0 up, you know, two cracking goals. We've moved the ball around. And... Uh, yeah, so it's funny. I, I just see that. I, I, I had no problem with Party moving in out onto the right-hand side and, cut, and going back in when he felt the need. Um, I just felt that, um, part, that, that that was partly different in the second half when we lost Timber because Timber was having... Well, had a, well, Timber well, we'll, we'll get back. Yeah, but I'm just bringing it into this point. Timber and Saliba... We're making a great point of covering in the first half. If 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 Rice or if excuse me, if Party or White were found up to be too far up the field, and as Dan said, left a bit open for Forrest to to counter attack, then we had Timber and Saliba who were just purring around the defence, purring around the defence, mm. just mm. picking up the pitch, you know. So we've not even kicked a ball yet, according to how where we are. <laughs> <We're still laughs> <on> the... <laughs> Eleven minutes in, though, Brendan Johnson had a one-on-one, -on -one, and it was, was probably the only moment that uh, Forrest had in that first half. They could have gone one-nil up. Ramsdale done well, um, and it was probably a little bit on the unlucky side for Johnson. Uh, but considering what uh, impact he had on our game later in the day, uh, good riddance. Um, uh, we controlled possession with big opportunities under Martinelli. Now, Martinelli is the player for me. I know Saka got man of the match and uh, I thought Party was outstanding. I thought they, they, I, I found it difficult to find a player who didn't have a good game um, on, on Saturday. But Martinelli, um, who wants to go on Martinelli first? Go on, Trev, you've turned your microphone on first. So let, let, let's talk. Uh, mate, that bit of skill, that bit of skill, I didn't see it at the time in live. It wasn't until I got home and I watched the game back. And that bit of skill to set Eddie up, Eddie up for his goal was outrageous, outrageous. And it shows a player that is now playing at the very top of his form, that's got the confidence to do things like that. And 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 it, it was just breathtakingly skillful and good. It, you know, it was on a par with some things I saw the Invincibles do. It was that good, that bit of skill. And, and it just brought me to mind that uh, we should expect Martinelli's skills. If he, if he keeps improving as he has done, what's he going to be like this season? Saka, if he keeps improving like he has done, how many more of those goals are we going to get, you know? So Martinelli, fantastic, along with most of the other players on the field, to be honest. 
Dan, um, Martinelli and his skill, um, has he reached his peak yet, like Trevor said? I, I don't think he's anywhere near his peak yet. I'm nowhere near. Um, you know, that's the exact reason why he doesn't get dropped in any single game. As good as Trossard has been, and I would say Trossard definitely deserves to be in the team, Martinelli's just too good. He, he's got that in his game. And I think even Arteta picked up on it where he said, you know, when, when Gabby's also going back the other way and getting involved and defending with, you know, the same intensity, he's, he's near enough unplayable and, and undroppable from the team. So, um, yeah, for, for me, just he's nowhere near the end. He's... Um, He's the next star in our team, I think, as I said a few times. And for the benefit of the tape, is Brendan Johnson's not Brendan. I was I was being pointed out in the private chat. I've I've cocked up again. But hey, listen, it wouldn't be a podcast without me cocking up somewhere along the along the way. I was going to let Alex that one slip in the in the public limelight. Yeah, you've done me you've done me enough times already. So yeah, go on. <laughs> just uh, quick quickly on the goal. Um, I think it kind of showed why Arteta probably wanted uh, and Ketia in, in the team. Uh, someone who's going to be in the box, uh, sniffing out chances like that, um, and just uh, being able to to get the ball in the box and just finish. Um, I don't think we've got anyone else in the team who's who's got that same uh, instinct or the way Inketia plays. I think may you could argue Trossard could do it as well, but he's I think he roams a lot more than than uh, than Inketia does, and he. He just always seems to be in in and around those areas when when the ball drops to him, uh, like it did against Forest. Um, and I know I know it got a bit deflected, but um, good finish, you could say as well. Yeah, but there's sixteen starts. Um, sorry, gone for sixteen. Is it sixteen starts and fourteen goals already? I, I'm, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the guy, uh, but you know the stats don't lie. If he starts, he's more likely to get a, a goal than if he comes on as a sub. So yeah, go on, Dan. No, just um, just on Eddie. I mean, look, we don't need to have a full debate on Eddie, but I think no. to let it slip wouldn't be fair to him. Fantastic centre forward, classic centre forward play from Eddie, where he receives the ball, one touch out of his feet, and then gets exactly. striker. No, yeah, that is what you're taught at a lower level as a striker is touch the ball, get it out of your feet, and get your shot away. And I don't think we've got many people in our in our squad that has that in them in terms of being clinical and, and a striker that if he's given a second in the box, will get a strike away. So he's, he's doing the business when he, when he starts. I think my only thing with Eddie is that even though he gets goals, does he take things away from the team and stop the team from getting goals? But I don't think you can really criticise him for what he's done when he starts in our team at the minute. And I think he, he deserves to be getting a shot in and around the team. Mm. I don't think he's our number one, but I think, yeah, deserves his, his chance at the moment. Good backup. Trev, um, Saka, he scored just the most sweetest, sweetest, sweetest goal ever. I don't <laughs> think they'll get the angle on TV that we had eye level from the North Bank. I know yours is slightly further around from, but the curl and the curve, I've not seen a, a, an angle yet to see what we saw. And we were just groaning and, and moaning in delight at that. Trust me, mate. I was, I saw it. I was right on the line of watching that go in. And uh, oh my God, it's just. It was just such a sweet strike. And as he cut inside, everybody was saying, come on, shoot, shoot, shoot. Because they now know what a stack is capable of. They, they know he can bend it in that far corner if he catches it right. And oh, he didn't let us down, did he? And, and you know, he, it's a big statement, right? There's been all this talk about the big players this week. I honestly wouldn't swap Bukayo Saka for anyone. I rate him that highly. 
And I've watched a lot of football in my time. I've not always been right in my opinions. Far from it. I'm often wrong, as you boys point out to me. But I'm telling you now, if I was the manager of a football club and, and someone offered me Bukayo Saka or anyone else in the world, I'd take young Bukayo Saka all day long. Who was it, Alex, that made the comment about Saka near enough being the only player at his age that carried a team um, and making them win you know, top top level Premier League games? I think someone commented on that recently. Don't yeah, I can't remember who who it was, but I think he has been, to be fair. And I and I I think it's a it's a fair take from from Trev. Um, I think he's the he's the best uh, right winger in the world, and I wouldn't swap him for any anyone else. Uh, at Arsenal, uh, you can make a case Salah's been as good the, the last couple couple of years, um, but I think I I wouldn't take Salah for for Saka at the moment, especially taking the age into consideration. Yeah, I, I th- this AFC AFC stuff has got um, the angle, but if, um, an upper, upper tier, tier sort of thing. But we we were slightly lower down and. Um, it just the the curl is just just it, unreal. It reminds me just, of. It it reminds me of uh, Iron Robin, and sort of the way he, he used to score a lot of those goals. And you knew what he was going to do, and the defenders knew it, everyone knew it, but they just couldn't stop it. And that's one of hmm. the most powerful powerful weapons to have in football when everyone knows what you're going to do, but nobody can stop it. So it's it's becoming a trademark uh, goal for him, and I think we're going to see a lot more of those goals uh, this season. I'll tell you what, well, man, who knows? There's I was going to say a man who knows all about it. Yeah. <laughs> he scored enough goals for Arsenal and Everton over the time Super Kevin Campbell uh, he says hi guys hope you're well Saka Saka's growth and ceiling is developing and it's frightening what a star uh, are you all struck now um, Trev all struck I am all struck because you see Kevin Campbell who, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to talk to him quite often on social media I, I love the man a bit Kevin Campbell was a young man like Bukayo Saka who came into the Arsenal side right but Kevin carried this massive weight load of being one of the best youth team strikers that we'd had in years. He just banged goals in for fun, for fun, for fun. And he started coming into the first team and you're thinking, well, how's he going to go in the first team? Man, never let us down once, did Kevin. Never let us down once. Scored not only a lot of goals, but one or two extremely important goals for the Arsenal. Good to see you in here, Kev. All the best, mate. Cheers, Kev. And you know what? It'd be really interesting and maybe talk to him one day about um, his views on Eddie and Eddie and Ketty and, and, and where he thinks his ceiling could be. And is it with Arsenal in long term? I know he's signed a long term contract and everything else. Look, um, we're leading up to half time. Uh, Brennan Johnson uh, tackles uh, Urian Timber and um, he, he goes down with an injury. We go for half time <clears throat> and uh, Urian Timber comes back on um, and not long into the into the second half. Um, he he gets an injury. I've got a little video clip of uh, when he pulls up, and we can talk about that then. Alex, do you want to talk us through what you're seeing? That's the that's the in the second half, isn't it? That's yeah, in the second half. I don't have the actual foul itself, unfortunately, unless somebody can send it to me in 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 the chat yeah. group. Uh, I'm not sure, I but I think read somewhere that he um, they're not still sure from the first tackle in the first half exactly where the contact and the injury was, or if it was left or right, and that yeah. this injury could be completely separate. So I think it's a bit early for people to be jumping on, complaining about our medical team and how yeah. dare they get back on the pitch. Exactly. And comments that we've heard mm-hmm. because no one actually really understands 
what analysis they did of the player. And I don't believe for one second that anyone within that club would have sent someone back on if they thought there was a serious injury. So I think this, it's a bit sort of early to jump on that. Dan, I've and got a have... statement here that the club has just released. Yeah, exactly. Uh, further to his substitution during our match against Forest on Saturday, Julian Timber has received extensive assessments and scans, which has confirmed he has sustained an injury to his right knee. He will undergo further detailed assessment and review with a consultant in the coming days to assess the full extent of the injury in order to de determine the next steps. A further update will be provided in due course. So it's not a cruciate ligament. It's an injury to the right knee and further investigations are going on. And Dan and Alex, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. There was a lot of assumptions being made there and uh, the fans need to stop it. They need to let things happen before they make these assumptions. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it is an ACL injury or something, I know they they said it's ongoing and you know lots of rumours about an ACL. If it is, it's a big big blow because he he for me was the most exciting of all of our signings this year and um, added a big degree of flexibility to our team and a, and a big increase in ability in that back line. Um, so let's hope it's good news as good as we can get. So um, for me. I, I, I wish uh, Timber a speedy recovery and it seems really just crap news that we get such a quality player and we've seen that uh, a player that we talked about after watching him in Wembley and in pre-season as he will probably be the shining light and I think even Sophie uh, when she came on and talked to us before the season about Timber, she's seen, her on, 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 seen him on the American tour and said he would be the player that we will be all talking about um, come the middle and the end of this season and I hope we get to see him sooner rather than later. Um, that first half for me, I thought we had a very dominant uh, display. I thought we played really good free-flowing football. It made me feel like you know really delighted to see the, the progress that we'd even made. Even though preseason wasn't the best, the progress we had made from where we were last season, the transition of these new players, which are um, which are very um, flexible, and every player on the pitch seems to be able to play in multiple positions, with the exception of maybe Aaron Ramsdale because he's only got one job to do. Um, but uh, in, the, in the second half, um, you know, our defensive midfielder, Declan Rice, had nearly two chances. Um, Trev, what did you make of Rice's second half performance and right up until maybe the, the, the point of the counter-attack? Don't go into that one yet. No, all right. No, he looked um, he looked desperate to score, didn't he, Declan? He got a couple of glimpses at goal and uh, one he hoofed a bit and one was a very good save from Turner. It has to be said, got down low to the corner and saved the ball. So... I wasn't disappointed with the way we started the second half. I thought we picked it up nicely. It was as the as the half went on, maybe just after Declan had his two efforts, that I thought the problem started to creep in. Um, and towards the end of the game, I'm not going to go into it, but it was now by time, wasn't it? Yeah. I actually thought that we, we did very, very well for... A first game of the season. I think people forget that the rhythm isn't there yet. I know we've come through pre-season, but we're nowhere near the level we will be in seven or eight games' time. So, for me, the, the biggest thing is just three points on the board, and we've got that, and we should be very, very happy about that. But also, you're never, ever going to have a Premier League game where the opposition doesn't have a sniff. And let's be honest, Forrest had, I could probably count, I feel like, three chances. One early in, in the first half, they scored, and then they got one shortly after. Other than that, I think we controlled the game fantastically. Um, we've got new players that were bedding into the team that are not quite up to speed like the others are. 
So for me, there's still only positives. It's just a shame for me that we have conceded again at home. I do think that's something we need to work on and we will need to get clean sheets at home if we're going to go on to, to win the league. But first game of the season, I think just no complaints, just into the next game. And again, all we need is three points from the next game. Alex, is it the way we ended this game? Because um, about 80 minutes in, um, we, were def- we were attacking uh, from a set piece from a corner um, to lose possession of the ball. And I have to say it was a fantastic counter-attack. Uh, yeah. And is it Wanyi um, put a great um, uh, scored a great goal on that counter attack? Was well worked, well drilled, uh, and they basically just ripped um, the, the you know the, the centre of our midfield out. Ben White could have done better. Um, what were your thoughts on how we defended that? Yeah, I mean it was obviously t- too easy for them just to for Alanga to run the length of the pitch and put a cross in. Um, I think I've seen I've seen. Um, the goal back a couple of times. You, you can make a case that the ref maybe should have blew his whistle because there was a clash of heads and uh, Havertz was down uh, for the whole whole time. Um, and they usually do that when, when there's a clash of heads uh, and play, players go down. But doesn't take anything away from, from the goal and and the way we defended it poorly. I think Ben White, he was um, he was covering a one in the box uh but there was already another man covering him, so he maybe should have gone out to Alanga to prevent the cross. Um, but brilliant from the ex-United player, uh, and Saka looked a bit tired in that uh, towards the end of the game, and he he normally he probably would have uh, catched up to him, but uh, didn't didn't do so in in that sequence. Um, and like Dan said, I think we did play very well. Um, they really didn't have a lot of chances for us, and most important thing was that we got the three points and I did do think we played very well for a large portion of the game uh, 80% possession created uh, some decent chances uh, with the two Declan Rice ch- uh, shots and even after we went uh, even after they got a goal we could have scored a- another one again on some of the ca- counter attacks we had so um, but yeah, we just shouldn't let it happen. We should just uh, be better at killing off the games like City do. Uh, that third goal is quite important. Uh, as Dan said, the Premier League ga- in Premier League games, they'll always get something, the other team. So hopefully we can build and, and do better in that sense. Trev, um, Alec brought a good point up there. Like uh, Two goals doesn't seem enough. We need to kill things off. There was a chat among ourselves on, on the group um, saying, and I think you put it in your blog and Alex said it as well, uh, it, it it reminded us a little bit of Liverpool away, West Ham away, maybe Southampton last season where, you know, I thought then it was we just ran out of a bit of steam. But, you know, is it just a yeah. bit of complacency setting into it? I don't know if it's complacency, Ferg, or if just maybe they take the foot off the pedal because they've been asked to by the, by the gaffer. Or maybe they just do it without realising and they're just tuning up when they're cruising. But but just before Forrest scored, the lad that sits next to me, I said, we don't need a Forrest goal now, do we? He said, no, that would be typical of us, wouldn't it? And stone across, and it was a good goal. The lads are right. Forrest scored a very good goal. But I can't help but thinking the, the, the little bit more speed and class that Timber has in him, if Timber don't get injured, I don't think Forrest scored that goal. I think our defence... I think he sweeps across and we clear that up on the right-hand side. 
When it happened, it, we did drop off. I was a bit surprised, and I did compare it to Liverpool. It, made, it reminded me of Liverpool last year. Where we were so, so good in the first half, and then we seemed to sit back in the second half. It nearly bit us on the backside at Liverpool. We scraped a draw in the end because of Ramsdale's heroics on the day. And it was a bit of a nail-biting finish uh, against the Forest game on Saturday. But maybe it's us fans that worry about that nail-biting even more, you know, more than the, Mikel does. Maybe Mikel's thinking, we're 2-1 up, we're all right. Five minutes ago, we ain't going to give a goal away. But us fans don't see it like that, do we? We panic mode, don't we? We chew our fingers and... We drink more beer and, and we, we scream and shout, come on, you know. So, who knows? But Dan's right. At the end of the day, first game of the season, 3-0 win. And most importantly, we saw plenty in that game that should excite us for the season coming. Wish it was a 3-0 win, though. <laughs> <laughs> I up. think um, something that you said, Trev, about the fans, you know, being more worried about it as well. I think that the fans have a very, very big role to play. And there's one particular name I want to comment on, which is Kai Havertz. And there's so many, so many fans getting on his back. And and, and I said this, I think, last week, that the biggest thing I worry about with Kai Havertz is that the fans start to use him as a scapegoat. Because he's a fantastic footballer. And I, when I watched the game back, I made a point of just trying to watch him because I'd seen so many negative parts about him in that game. And I, I couldn't see it from, the, from, from in the ground. So... Try to watch it back and just focus on him. And this guy is always on the move. He's always finding little half spaces. He's always making runs in behind to drag defenders away. And what people don't see with Kai Havertz is he hasn't got these outrageous bits of skill or running past players like Saka does. But he's just one touch, two touch, you know, drops off of, of the back line into a half space, plays a one-two with someone and moves. And he is he, such a big part of what Arteta wants to do in terms of playing and moving. But as fans, getting on his back, I don't I don't see the point. Like you're not you're not gonna help the player by getting on his back. And surely as a fan, you want him to do well. So stop all these ridiculous comments that people are making about him, complaining, yeah. saying it's you know a waste of money, this is that. Just get behind him and he might actually improve and be a very, very big player for our team because it, again, he's definitely again Dan. Listeners to Tom Canton on the Gunner Talk uh, this morning, he they had um a live podcast with um uh, Magic Mike and, and a couple of other guys there. I can't remember offhand who, who was there, but um, they did a live podcast in London last night and they'd done a, a straw poll while they were there. People cheer if you think Havertz is good. People cheer if you think Havertz is bad. Um, and everybody cheered when they asked if he was good and not one person uh, voiced an opinion on where he's bad. It might be, as, as pointed out on that, it might be just the difference between match-going fans Online Twitter fans, you know, and I think that's it. Listen, we, we're we're overrunning, and I know Trevor, you wanted to talk about Havertz a little yeah. bit too, but also I want to touch on Kieran Tierney as well. So we'll we'll run for another five minutes or so just to talk Tierney. Um, uh, go on, go on, Trevor. No, I, I I I agree so much with Dan about Havertz. You know, he didn't get any grief in the ground, by the way, not from where I was standing. It's no, we've seen on social media, and I think. You just need to leave your keyboards alone and leave the player alone. You're assuming that because he had a bad season with Chelsea, he's going to come to Arsenal and be bad, right? If, if Arteta and Edu thought he was going to come to Arsenal and be bad, they wouldn't have bloody signed him, right? He's got some go in him. He had an all right game on Saturday, 
Yeah, he didn't play. He didn't knock the skin off the rice pudding, but he played quite well and he weren't bad. And and we need to back them. And if you're not going to back them, then just leave them alone. They see all this crap. Some of you guys, not you guys on here, but some of these guys and people put on social media. The players see it and it affects them. So. If you're an Arsenal fan, do me a favour. Support the Arsenal. Support the football team. Support the club. Support anybody that goes on the field wearing that shirt, you know? Sorry, Ferg. Sing have it, so. That's fine. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got that, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> uh, where is that? I'm on, I'm on a different screen at the minute. Multitask, that's what that is. Um, well prepared, so, Ferg. I thought yeah. you was ready to drop that straight in then. Perfect timing. I, I was. I was doing up, The thing I like about that video more than anything else is the guy with the crutch. <laughs> you know what? I would give my right arm to listen to Fergus trying to sing those words when he's had a couple of beers. Impossible. Be <laughs> even, even without no, beers, no, he's no, going to no, struggle. No. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Kieran Tierney, there's lots of talk about Kieran Tierney. There's some people in the chat talking about his links with uh, Real Sociedad. Uh, Newcastle are interested in him. There's a, there's a few uh, different rumours about him. Does he fit into the Arteta uh, system and play? He's a, clearly a really good player, a good influence to have around the club and everything else. Um, Trevor, can you see us getting rid of uh, Kieran Tierney now that we've had this injury uh, with Urien Timber? And because in still. Ferg, I don't want to see Tierney leave the club full stop, regardless of injuries, mate. But definitely not now. There's games this season, and there'll be types of matches this season when players like Kieran Tierney, with his extra defensive skills, will be absolutely key to our performance. Look in the Champions League, when there's going to be times where we're going to be backs to the wall and we're going to need to play, play within our own half and play proper football and depend... Defend deep. I'd ask for Kieran Tierney every time in that side. Every time in that side. I don't want to sell him full stop, but even even more so now we've got the injury. At least, at least keep him till January. At least. Mm. Mm. That uh, Alex, your your views on Tierney and where's he fit in, and do we keep him till January? Do we keep him longer? I think if he doesn't fit in Arteta's plans, we shouldn't just keep him for the sake of keeping him because Timber's injured. Then we should let him go and get another player who fits Arteta's plans. Um, but it's a difficult one because he is so well-liked by the fans as well. And he does offer something different uh, to the other fullbacks we've got. Um, but yeah, I'll keep it to saying like, if he's not in Arteta's plans, we shouldn't keep him. Um, so... I mean, it's it's up to Arteta whether he he thinks he offers something to the team which which we need or not. But um, I, I wouldn't, re I really, I wouldn't keep him at the club if if Arteta is not gonna really want to play him. Interesting point there made by Joanne uh, uh, Dan. Final word on 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 the Tierney uh, uh, topic. Um, he's better than Zinchenko. I think he's Defense. a better defender. Defensive, I think he's a better defender, but I think the way we play football, I, I think Zinchenko maybe suit the, the team better. Your thoughts, Dan? 
I think there's a place for Kieran Tierney in our team, but I think it's not as the inverted fullback. I think it's one of the three that will drop in the back line as a centre-half. You know, KT can play centre-half and he plays there for Scotland when uh, Robson's next to him. So he can definitely play that role. He's played it for us when we had a fire before. Um, and I, I was just about to say that. I think KT's a better option at centre-half than Rob Holden at times. So <laughs> I, I think there uh, there is a place for him. However, I do agree with Alex that if he's not going to play one, it will just drop his value and people will come in and try and sign him for a ridiculous fee. But also, I don't think that's the way Arteta is with his squad. I think if, if Arteta sees a player like Tierney that probably doesn't suit the way he wants, but can clearly sees a fantastic footballer and deserves to be playing week in, week out, I think he will let him go if he wants to go and play. And I think he would get everyone's wishes to, you know, to wish him well wherever he goes, as long as it's not Spurs. Mm, uh, that's the final topic, actually. Balogun. Uh, what the hell's going on with Balogun? Um, you know, uh, there was a question, but in, in it's a starred one in there, uh, Trev. Uh, Lyle put it in. Uh, anyone else confused with what's going on with Balogun? Either play him or sell him. Um, uh, Trev, what, what's your thoughts on it? Now, there was there, there was a, an article linking him that he's uh, on Spurs' top three to replace Harry Kane. Yeah. Do you know what, Ferg? I'm going to sort of duck out of this, mate. And I'll tell you why I'm going to duck out of it. Because, if I'm honest, I've only ever seen Balogun play really once. When he started the game, was it last season or the season before last against Brentford? When Lacazette and um, and yeah. the other lad, Albama Young, were injured. He started Balogun. And um, he, he, he didn't look at all up to standard that day. But he was a young man. First, first team game, been slung in the deep end when he probably shouldn't have been there. So, to be honest, I'm just going to trust what the, what the club does. If they get rid of him, they get rid of him. If he stays, he stays. I, I can't give an opinion on what I've not seen, you know. Alex, your, your thoughts on, on Balogun and then we'll wind up Dan when he comes back, make sure he washed his hands. Well, I think it looks like we're definitely going to sell him. So, I think the reason why he's not in the squad or not playing is because we're looking to sell him and we don't want to risk any injuries. Um, so, yeah, I think if we can get 50, 50 million uh, or so for him, I think it would be a fantastic sale from the club. Uh, someone who's come up uh, through the academy and got on to, to get a big fee for the club. So hopefully that happens. Um, and hopefully it doesn't go to, to Spurs. I really couldn't, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I'm probably going to jinx it now, but I really can't see that happening. Um, I think he'll go to probably Monaco, but um, I guess we'll have to have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, um, it's been a great show. Uh, we've overshot as usual by about ten minutes, uh, but thank you for everybody who's been in the chat. Uh, been really good seeing some new faces and all the old faces as well. Uh, it's good having a laugh with you all. Um, we will be back not next Monday. We'll be back the following Wednesday because we're at Palace. Um, uh, I collect the tickets for a Palace tomorrow, thankfully. I thought <laughs> I was getting very worried. Um, but, um, yeah, we're at Palace next Monday, so there will be probably a, a clip on Twitter or something like that. But uh, the, the podcast will come next Wednesday at 7 o'clock on uh, next week. Oh. Trevor, have we got any Trevor time or not? Not really, Ferg, apart from the fact that it's been a pleasure seeing all these new faces in our chat tonight. I hope we've, uh, I hope we've not bored you, right? We've, we've interested you. Um, as Fergus will say in a minute, we're just four Arsenal fans, an old man like me, a nearly old man like Fergus, uh, 
a, a younger man in, in Dan and then a really young lad in Alex just chatting the Arsenal and listening to what you guys say and pulling it to bits and some of it's rubbish, some of it makes sense. But it's all about the Arsenal. We love the Arsenal Football Club. That's all we want. We're fans. My bits make sense. We haven't done we haven't done predictions for Palace. Uh, we'll see how the week goes. Maybe we'll do a, a quick show or something like that. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that unless anybody wants to two nil um, two nil uh, like last Dan's time two nil again two one two uh, one. Uh, I'm going three nil again. So I'll stick with three points. Three points. That's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah, they think Palace have changed the way they play. They're playing a far more aggressive way now with Elise and so on, which is quite strange. And Roy uh, Roy Orbison, I was going to say Roy. <laughs> Royal sitting on a duck in the bay. <laughs> He's aggressive as well. Oh, you messed it up again. <laughs> I have indeed. I have indeed. Listen, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. We're not quite where I think we're one or two short of our 900 target for the uh, end of the day. But if you like what we do, go over to YouTube. Click on the subscribe, and and it just helps us along the way to try and get Please. to. We need to get to a thousand subscribers as a minimum, oh, and it shuts me up for up. a bit. And and, and that it just helps us to have a bit more visibility on YouTube and stuff like that. So, um, guys, thanks very much. Uh, I'll sure I'll speak to you guys uh, throughout the week, and you'll WhatsApp me continuously yeah, throughout the week and annoy me. It's working, and that's all that matters. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.